Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Karen Smallman here on 101 ESPN. It's 9.07. That time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and welcome in Gabe DeArman from PowerMizzou.com. He has all the info on Mizzou, football, basketball, everything you need. Gabe DeArman is your guy when it comes to Mizzou. So, Gabe, thanks for taking the time to join us. How are you doing today? No problem. Not bad. How about you guys? We're doing great. And Gabe, there's a lot of excitement surrounding this Mizzou football program. A lot of questions, but I think we need to start with Luther Burden, the wide receiver. He had committed to Oklahoma. He decommitted. There's a lot of talk that Eli Drinkwich and the Mizzou program has had a lot of contact with him, that they may be in the mix here. How realistic do you think it is for Mizzou to land Luther Burden? I think very. Um, he took four visits here at four we know of. I don't know if there were, you know there could always have been more, but four visits to Columbia this summer while he was still committed to Oklahoma. Um, he's he's definitely been listening. Uh, you know, there's talk. There are some people around Luther that would like to see him stay pretty close to home. Everything we can gather is it's Missouri and Georgia in a probably in in what amounts to a two-team race. Now, he does have official visits scheduled to Oklahoma, Florida, and Alabama, and and schools like that, you never want to write them off. I mean, if he gets down to Tuscaloosa or Gainesville or Norman and is is blown away, you know, that that could always change things in in the fall if he gets to that point without a commitment. But most people that I've talked to, uh, both in St. Louis, around Mizzou, around Georgia, believe that, it's probably Missouri and Georgia, and pretty much all of those people right now believe Missouri is is probably in front. Um, just depends on, you know, some people think it's a huge lead and some people think it's a much tighter race. And Burden's the number five overall player in the 2022 class. He's the number one wide receiver and the number one player from the state of Illinois. And Eli Drinkwitz has been doing a great job on the recruiting on the recruiting trail, but Adding somebody like Luther Burden, I have to imagine that that's kind of a, hey, I'm here. Mizzou is not to be overlooked in the SEC type moment. No question. I mean, uh, you know, I think getting Mookie Cooper to come back, getting uh, Tyler Macon and Dominic Lovett last year, and and there have been others, not to, to disregard the other St. Louis guys, you know, Isaac Thompson, Tyler Hibbler, plenty of them. Um, but for years, Missouri fans, really for decades, Missouri fans have said, you know, there's there's a lot of talent out of St. Louis and, and also out of Kansas City, but but more so out of St. Louis. What would ever happen if Missouri could actually get, you know, most of these guys to stay home? All is not realistic. You're never getting 100%. But if you could get 75%, 88% of these kids to play together in college, what would happen? Well, this is as close as Missouri's come to doing that. And Burden, I think, would be a huge step in that direction. Also, at the same time, I, 
we do have recency bias, and I've seen a lot of, you know, well, something like this has never happened for Missouri. I mean, Blaine Gabbert was the number one quarterback in the country. Sheldon Richardson was a top 20 recruit. Doriel Green Beckham was the number one player in the country. So this has happened before um, for Missouri. But I think the bigger deal than just burden is the sheer volume and the success rate that he has had around the state. So maybe a simple question to ask, but less easy to answer is how is Drinkwitz doing it? I mean, you know, the one thing I've been covering Missouri now for 18 years, and the one thing that Missouri has never had until this past year that we've seen in a lot of different schools is the bump you get when a new coach comes in. I mean, there was one of those in uh, 2000 when Gary Pinkle took over a little bit, or 2001, I can't remember when his his first year was exactly. But, you know, he had that class where he did sign Damian Nash out of St. Louis and and made some noise. Uh, Dietrich Carrington, I think, in 2004 out of Mexico. So there was a little bit of it then, certainly. But then when Barry Odom took over in 2015, the, the bump you would get from a new coach was completely nullified by everything going on around the zoo and, and the negative recruiting that was being done and, and the general feeling of the fan base at that time. So this is the first time in 20 years that we've had an opportunity to see Missouri kind of with a fresh start, a new energy, a, a coach selling hope and a new direction always tends to make a difference on the recruiting trail. Most power five programs that get a new coach see that recruiting kind of jump up a level from where it's been. And that has happened here. And, and that's a part of it. And I, you know, the rest of it, I, I don't know, obviously I'm not on these official visits with Drinkwitz or, or in a living room. He hadn't been in any living rooms yet, really. That will start to happen this year when they can go back on the road recruiting now. But, uh, you know, he's a charismatic guy. He's pretty young. He's an offensive mind. He has a he has a vision and potential to sell. And quite honestly, he has playing time to sell. Boy, that is, that is actually something to think about that we almost tend to forget is he's been able to do this without – without being able to go into living rooms and, 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 and see some parents and some of these kids face-to-face in some of these situations. All right, let's take it onto the field. So you have the scrimmage yesterday. You're two weeks out away from uh, from starting against Central Michigan. You know, the, the mighty Mac, I, I always got to pull that one out, being a Miami of Ohio guy, and football was really no good when we were there. Uh, this was pre-Ben Roethlisberger. But when uh, uh, you look at the scrimmage that, that you just saw, and you realize, okay, a starting quarterback just unable to participate in the scrimmage, but there's other injuries as well. Uh, a center that, that's not available. Wide receivers that, that, that aren't healthy. Is early season injuries any concern, or is there plenty of time two weeks out from the opener? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to be clear. We didn't see the scrimmage. Uh, that was that was done without us being able to view. So we saw them, like, stretch and do some drills before the scrimmage. Exciting. Uh, so we're, we're kind of going on, obviously, the word of, of what people say about it. Um, I, Connor Bazelak, it sounded like they expect him to be back at practice, maybe by today, but I think by tomorrow night when they have an open practice at 6 o'clock at Faroe. Uh, I'll be over at that one, so we'll know. Um Mookie Cooper, he said, you know, a few days ago, he hopes is is ready to go for the season opener. Jay Macklin, he's hopeful as well. I think that's a little bit less realistic, maybe with a broken forearm. That might be a couple weeks into the season. But the only injuries you really worry about in fall camp are the season-ending things. And Missouri hadn't had any of those at this point. So, you know, hey, a guy's going to twist an ankle. A guy's going to get sick for a day. 
things are going to happen. Um, but as long as they aren't things that that you're talking about multiple games in a big portion of the season, I really don't think they're that big a deal. Um, I, I think for Missouri is, you know, Basilak, unless Eli Drinkwitz was just flat lying and coaches have done it before, that that's really not an issue to me at all. Um, Cooper is something that you look at, but as long as you've got guys ready, and you can't discount Central Michigan. They are a solid team. Jim McElwain's a good coach. It's not impossible that they could come in here and win. But that is a game Missouri should win. I mean, Mookie Cooper playing or not playing shouldn't be the difference between winning and losing that game. As long as you've got pretty much all hands on deck September 11th against Kentucky, I think you'd be pretty pleased. Gabe Diarman with Power Mizzou joining us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line here on 101 ESPN Talk of Mizzou Football. With all that being said, Gabe, at the end of this, at the end of this season, if you look back at Mizzou's record, what would you consider to be a successful season for Mizzou? I've said 7-5 and five is kind of my baseline. Um, you know, I, people are really excited coming off last year, but I, we've said this all offseason, and Eli Drinkwood said it day one of camp. Hey, we're a five and five football team last year, and if you look at it, they didn't they didn't lose a game that was in the balance. I mean, in close games, they were two and zero. They beat Arkansas on the last play of the game. They beat LSU on the last play of the game. So you're you're talking two plays away from three and seven. Now they deserve credit for making those plays and being five and five. But you know, there's still a talent deficit. They are going to play. I would say nine games, eight or nine games this year where the other team probably pretty clearly has a little bit more talent on the field than they do. Um, I think, you know, you look at Vandy, South Carolina, uh, those should be wins in conference. Central Michigan, SEMO, uh, North Texas should be wins out of conference. Then you got Georgia, Florida, and A&M that are probable losses. So you're sitting five and three with the season to be determined by Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Boston College. Uh, two one home game, three road games. I think if you can manage to split those games and go two and two, you're at seven and five. And nobody's necessarily jumping up and down, but but it's a fine season. It's a step in the right direction. He gets to eight wins. I think you're you're thrilled. Um, six and six is not a disaster, but it will leave people a, a little bit disappointed. Final thing for you, Gabe. I wanted to ask you about Desiree Reed Francois, the new AD at Mizzou. When Mizzou announced that Jim Sterk would no longer be with the university. They said they wanted to find somebody who was going to be innovative, who was really going to help Mizzou navigate these new waters and not only college football with NIL and everything that's evolved there, but really help them take the next step and become that much more of a force to be reckoned with in the SEC. Do you think that Desiree Reed Francois was the right hire for the job? And what have been your early impressions of her? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I talked to her once. You know, I like her personally. Um, she was easy to talk to, have a conversation with. You know, a lot of times, uh, administrative officials and even coaches, like if you're just standing around having small talk, it's very forced, and <laughs> and you both feel kind of awkward. That wasn't the case with uh, Desiree. So like, whether that means she's good, bad, or indifferent, obviously, I have no idea. Um, she's got a lot to learn, and. And it was interesting. I thought that Moonshoy said very early on, hey, business as usual is out the window here. Uh, to be overly simplistic, Missouri went out looking for the Eli Drinkwitz of athletic director hire. Um, you know, the young, brash, not, Eli has made no bone. He's scared of nothing about being in the SEC. Uh, hey, yeah, we're Missouri, and maybe we don't have the standing in this league that 
that some other schools do, but we're not afraid to try to go get it and butt heads with those people. And that's what they want out of the athletic director, I think. They want somebody who's going to go in and, and be a little bold and brash and stand up for Missouri. And, you know, Jim, I think, has, has gotten too much criticism in the last month. Uh, he did a lot of good things here. Not everything was perfect, but not everything's going to be perfect. But the one thing I think is fair to say, anybody that knows Jim, I don't think you would describe his personality as, like, bold and brash and aggressive. That wasn't him. Uh, I don't know Desiree well enough to say whether that's her or not, but I don't think they would have hired her if they didn't think that was her. So it'll be interesting to see a lot of things are going to change here in the next uh, next probably 12 to 24 months. But ultimately, I think that the main thing with her is can she cultivate a good relationship with Eli Drinkwitz and be on the same page as him? I mean, the, the priorities are whatever your football coach that everybody loves right now wants, you get it for him. You make him feel like he's got every single thing he could possibly need here so that if he's as good as people think he is right now, two or three year, years down the road when he starts getting calls, he doesn't really see a need to go anywhere else. He's Gabe DeArman. Check out his great work at PowerMizzou.com. You can find them on Twitter at PowerMizzou.com. Gabe, thanks so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Have a good weekend, guys. All right, that's Gabe Bjarman talking Mizzou football here on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.